Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Good morning. Good morning, Mosaic. How are y'all doing? Good? Good. I mean, how cute are those kids? Right? I do have to tell you, uh, the really, really tall one was my daughter, Marley. And you know she's a good actress because she said that her mom is a good cook which is not at all true. So, so appreciative for the kids and the moms who let us borrow them uh, for a little bit. So my name is Kristen. I am the community pastor here at Mosaic and very excited to have you guys with us on Mother's Day. We are actually wrapping a series today called In Living Color. And it has been the most fun series. It has been really, really good. So if you've missed any of them, you can catch up on all of them on YouTube, but today you are in for a treat because we actually have a special guest. Some of you might know her from Morning Breath. If you have joined us on Morning Breath on Instagram or Facebook Live, then you already know her and what a delight she is. But let's go ahead, if you will help me welcome my friend Latasha Jenkins. Yes. Well, good morning. You can have a, we'll have a seat right here. Good morning, Mosaic. (laughs) It is so awesome to be with you guys. We're so excited. So I'm just going to go ahead and get the formality aside. It's Latasha, but the second we met you, it was like family. So we're just going to call you Tosh. Or call me Mary. Or call you Mary. Okay, you're going to get that in a minute when we get into this talk here. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a mom. Um, I'm a widow. And... You know, Kristen, we can have this conversation and we can be two people and yeah. it can be perfectly lovely. But what I hope that people gain from this is that we're two women mm-hmm. who've been called out for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And we hope that we encourage you to be called out. So as you hear my story, I want you to hear your story. Um, I have five kids and they are the most amazing human beings that you will ever meet. Wow. Um, they have um, so much grace for their mom, and I hope you'll have grace for their mom today as I speak to you. <laughs> um, and probably the thing that I want you to know most is they've been through a lot, but they know Christ as their savior. Mm. And there's so much strength and promise in that. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as their names, they are Inez Christina, Dorothy Elise, George Jr., Cope and Christian Hope and Christian Grace. And they are my twins. They're my surprise. Those back eggs, you know? You got a surprise, and it was two surprises at once. I know, it was a lot. (laughs) Okay. That's a big surprise. That's a double surprise. It was a big surprise. (laughs) Well, happy Mother's Day. Thank you. To you. Also, you said that we are two women called out uh, for purpose. Mm -hmm. Will Will you explain a little more what that means for you? Yeah, what it means for me is since I was five years old, I knew that God had a special calling in my life, 
But for much of my life, I tried to put boundaries of how I wanted God to use me. Mm. Anybody agree? Anybody mm. understand that? And at some point, there will be something fundamentally that will shift who you are, and you'll have no choice but to be who God has called you to be. Mm. And I hope for some of you, it won't be what it was for me, but for me, it was the death of my spouse. And after my husband died, I spent probably about five months in somewhat of a, um, a bit of a coma. I did all the things, don't worry, I fed my kids, they're still alive. I cleaned my house, made sure all the chairs were perfectly straight. But there was a part of me that God was reminding me of when he was five. He told me he would have a purpose for my life. Mm. And one morning in November, after five months into my widowhood, I woke up and the Lord put into my spirit Joshua 1, 1 and 2. And he said, rise up and take these people and go into the land that I will send you. And I knew then that he was reminding me that there was no expiration on the calling of our lives. Yeah. And so I hope that you'll be encouraged by what we'll talk about today. Yeah. In light awesome. of that. And you are, you are really going after this calling because you are in seminary? I'm in seminary. Right? I am cray-cray. You know what I mean? <laughs> I am cray-cray for Christ. You say it. If, we were, <laughs> if we were at my home church, I would say I'm a hot mess for Jesus. And I'm okay with that. Um, I'm one of those people... I feel like if I were doing something for the world, I would go all the way. And so for my Christ, I'll go even further than that. And so when God called and, and said, this is the thing that I want you to do, I didn't want to do it half-heartedly. I wanted to go all in. And for me, that meant going to seminary. And if you look at my life, no, there was no big insurance settlement. <laughs> um, but there was the promise of Christ and the fact that Jesus paid it all. And so I immediately um, had the opportunity to go into an internship at Huntersville, and I've been serving there. And as a part of there, I just wanted to know God even deeper. There's such a responsibility for those of us who teach the Word of God, yeah. to teach it in truth, to teach it in power. And we don't go to seminary so that um, we can do it perfectly, but we can do it so we can do it responsibly. And so I'm excited to be in seminary. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're excited for you. We're so excited and we're so happy that you're here. So let's actually jump into it. I was really excited when, you know, we were discussing what we wanted to talk about today and what God had laid on your heart. And you said that we we're going to talk about Mary. And all of a sudden I was like, yes, we're talking about women in the Bible. Like, let's do this. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. But let's clarify some things a little bit because there are a lot of Marys. There are a lot of Marys in the Bible. We've got Mary, Jesus's mother, we've got Mary of Bethany, sister of Lazarus and Martha. Sometimes people think that she's the same Mary with the perfume and the hair, and like that becomes a whole confusing situation. We've got other Marys who are like Mary, wife of someone. Like what kind of name is that? I'm Mary, wife of Clopas. I'm Mary, wife of, you know, whoever. Yeah. But we want to know specifically today we're talking about Mary Magdalene. So will you set us up a little bit? Who is Mary Magdalene and why? Why does she appeal to you so much? I love Mary Madeline because she's like my spirit animal, right? <laughs> Mary Madeline is our pass, right? If you ever need an easy button, can Jesus use me? Mary Magdalene. <laughs> can Jesus use me? Mary Magdalene. If he can use Jesus, if, if Jesus can use Mary Magdalene, he can use any of us. Mm. And it's funny because Mary Madeline was a person who had seven demons cast out of her, right? Mm-hmm. And even after those demons were cast out of her, even after she joined herself so completely to Christ, everyone around her still wanted to remind her she was Mary Magdalene, who demons were cast out of her. Yes. Right? Became her identity. Became her identity. Yeah. 
But it was never her identity. Right. It was other people's identity right. for her. And so that's why I wanted to talk about Mary, because Mary's like all of us. All of us who feel in some way that we're not perfect enough to serve the kingdom, we're just right for the kingdom because we're not perfect, because we need a savior, right? We all need a savior. And so that's why we're talking about Mary today. Yeah. I yeah. think it's really easy to relate to her too of um, people trying to put you in a box or make yeah. you a thing. So you're Mary who had the seven demons. You can't be Mary who's now been saved from them. But like, let's just make sure we're going to bring up that past. We're going to bring up that history. We're going to make sure everybody knows what was going on, even though it's not a thing anymore. And so she was able to break free of that, which I love. Yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about these seven demons. I was getting all nerdy and like researching Mary Magdalene and all of this stuff. And I, it's interesting that we don't know for sure if it was like seven different demons, if it was one demon seven times, like one guy that just wouldn't like let off, like Jesus got him out and he came back like six more times, we don't know. All of this stuff about seven different demons. Um, but talk to us a little bit about that and, and what it was like for Mary. Well, one thing we need to understand is that in the Bible, everything always had significance, right? And so when you think of the number seven, you can think of the number seven as complete. So whether she had seven demons or she was completely demon-possessed, she's in completely need of a savior. And Jesus was that for her. We also know in scripture, even though Mary was not the person who fell at Jesus' feet and, and, and anointed him in preparation for his crucifixion and his trial and all those things that would happen to him, Jesus said of that woman, because she's forgiven much, she loves much. The person who is not forgiven much or doesn't know they've been forgiven much does not love much. And so I think that's the thing that we want to most capture from Mary's story. Yeah. Not so much the demons, but the fact that she was completely possessed and that she was completely saved through Jesus. And then she was completely prepared for the work that he would have her do. And you and I have talked about, I know it's so funny because looking at us, people wouldn't necessarily think we have a lot of similarities, even just in the history of, yeah. you know, what you've shared so far. But really, the more we get to know each other and talk, the more alike and similarities um, we are. And you and I had this conversation kind of about this of sometimes it's hard to go, oh, well, I haven't been forgiven much because I don't have this big conversion story or I don't have this pre-Jesus life. Like, you know, I know there are people like me who feel like we were born with like Bibles in our hands and even Christians you know, our whole entire lives, right? And so sometimes I think it's easy to sit in that and go, okay, well, then, then my life is whatever. And like, everything is great, but I don't have this compelling story. I don't have this big, powerful thing that God is going to use. He can't really use me because I don't have this. But this verse kind of reminds us, like, we, we do all actually have a lot of things we've been forgiven of. And so therefore, being able to lean into that, you know, as part of our identity. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I think you can take a lot from that. When we were younger, remember there was this book that was really popular and it talked about expanding our terrorist territory. Mm -hmm. And I think what we really need to do in approaching God is ask God to expand our testimony. Mm -hmm. So if you think that there's not anything that you have needed to be saved from, if you just think about and meditate on the goodness of God and all that he is, there's something that would drive you to worship him and to fall at his feet and to give him all that you are because of all that he is and because yeah. of the love that he has for us. Yeah. yeah. And if we don't think there's anything, we probably can just ask him and he'll tell us. I would think. <laughs> I would think. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's the most amazing thing, I think, too, about God because as he shows his strength in us, 
we see our imperfections. Not to see our imperfections in order to make us do less of what we are called to do, but in order for the others might see us and say, wow, look at God in her. Look at God in him. We don't want people to see us. We want them to see Christ in us and at work in us. And our prayer every day should be, God, do the work in us that you might do the work through us. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So you've got on here, she went from one thing to another thing. Well, talk about that. Yeah, one of the things that I love um, about Mary is the sense that she was in a place that worked for other people, right? And her state of being demon-possessed, that worked for other people in her environment. But when she gave herself completely over to Jesus, there was no place that you ever saw Jesus that you didn't see her. And was she a title to disciple? No. Mary didn't need a title because she had Christ and Christ knew her. And so one thing we have to always ask ourselves, will we do service only because we've been given a title? Or will we step into the calling that God has even before there is a title for us? That's good. I think a lot of us chase the title. You can't chase the title. You can't chase the title, but a lot of people work really hard. Yeah. found a lot of energy trying to chase that title, that validation. Yeah, and then you'll have to live up to man's standard rather than God's standard. It's not fun. Not fun. And there's no grace there. There's no grace there. Either. There's no grace. There's no grace. And and one of the things that we were going to talk about, too, is in Ephesians 1, it talks about before the foundations of the earth Mm -hmm. that Jesus knew that he wanted us to be in holiness and wholeness. And for us to be holy and whole, it can't be about any man-made structure. only has to be about him. Yeah. So do you think, I know this is one of those things I look at, you know, sometimes I read the old scripture, and I, I know I shouldn't, but sometimes I compartmentalize, and I'm like, here's Old Testament stuff, and here's New Testament stuff, and this story can sometimes feel like one of those of, you know, Jesus casting demons out of people. We don't necessarily, like, see that. That's not in my Twitter feed right now. You know, like, exorcisms and that kind of thing. So is this one of those, like, Old Testament things? Are demons still something that, you know, people wrestle with now? What do you think? I think it can be both, yeah. right? Sure. I think that we can have people who deal with demon possession. And then we can have people like you and me who've been freed from demons. Mm-hmm. Yet somehow we allow people to keep us stuck. And at what point do we separate from that stuckness that they want us in versus going after who Christ has called us to be? Yeah. And the thing that I love most is it's ironic. The thing that they're reminding us of, of who we were, Christ knew we would be when he saved us, when he found us. Mm-hmm. And so are we going to answer our critics or are we going to respond in love to our Christ? Yeah. That's the question we have to each Ooh, Say that us. again. That was good. Yeah. That's quotable. That's treatable. Say that again. <laughs> are we going to respond to our critics? Are we going to respond to our critics? Are we going to respond in love to our Christ? That's good. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, too, a lot of times we can get stuck on, you know, the word demon. But truly, if this was, and we don't know what it was, whatever it was that was possessing Mary, surely there are still things today that we let possess us either in our emotions or our thoughts or anything that seems to overtake us. Man, I'll tell you, I have a bad day every now and then, and I will go home and tell my husband, I'm like, I just can't shake, like, I just can't shake it off. I can't shake it, whatever it is. And often, it's something bigger where I might think it's anger, I might think it's frustration, but really, it's a really deeply rooted thing inside of me. It might be fear, mm-hmm. it might be inadequacy. Um, do you think that could be what possibly our demons look like? 
today? I think, I think our demons are different for each of us. Yeah. Um, we're people, right? Yeah. So we can be honest. We're family. Growing up, I grew up in a lower-income area, and I always hoped that through my intelligence that I would come back to my community and I would have this testimony of being the first graduate um, of college in my neighborhood and doing all these things. And all those things are true. I'm the first graduate since I graduated college. More of my cousins, my cousins' cousins, and all of them have graduated. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't to be my testimony. And I think that's something that we all have to come to peace with. The things that God is calling us to and that he wants us to be known for that are not necessarily the things that we want to be known for. I'm kind of the girl that's known for grief, but in spite of the grief, I'm known for exceeding joy. And that joy doesn't come from me. That joy comes from Christ. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from the combination of the power, the presence, and the peace creates the joy. Yeah. A joy that none of you well, can listen, give me. I will tell you, I only associate joy with you. I always think about joy. It's I the mean, yellow, it's right? The yellow, it's, it's the yellow. It's probably the yellow. <laughs> Her favorite color is yellow. It's so good on you. But truly, I mean, even just our interactions, your personality, Christ shines through you so brightly that really I just think joy and light and life. And so that definitely is a testament to him living through you in the midst of whatever, God you know, on glory. any of the days. God yeah. The glory. So let's look at Mary. How did she... We know that the demons were cast out of her. That wasn't in her own doing, right? But she kind of had to still live in this shadow, in a sense, of people trying to put her back in this box or keep her as this person, and she didn't let anybody stop her. So let's, what did she do? Well, one of the things I really love about Mary is she stayed with Jesus, as we talked about before, and she stayed with Jesus in life. But one of the hardest things that each of us will have to do is will we stay with Jesus at a place where he can do nothing for us in our minds. And I love that about Mary. Before he was resurrected, she made a decision that she would go to the end. We know that there were disciples, people with title, like Peter, who said, Lord, I will never forsake you. If others forsake you, I will never forsake you. But was Peter there throughout, the, throughout all of it? No, but Mary was. Mary was there when he was crucified, she was there when he was buried. She was there when he was dead, when he could do nothing for her. And because of that, she was the first one that was told that he was alive again. Our first evangelist, what's the word? I just lost, e evangelist. Evangelist, I keep mixing up that one and evangelist. What? I feel I've got like Pastor Naeem, I can't get my words out here. Man, those are two very different words, by the way, two very different things. All right. So, yes, what did she do? She shows up that morning, right? She's, so, She's committed to him. She shows up. What happens? Well, even before she shows up, one of the things that we have to remember about Mary is Mary was a woman, and because of culture, she was taught and, and was supposed to believe that she didn't have the strength to do certain things, right? So we know that many people believe that because Jesus' story had been told that he would rise in three days, that his body perhaps would be stolen. So they had put this huge stone in front of the tomb so that no one could just go in and get the body. So when Mary and going to uh, anoint the body, she had to wonder who will roll the stone away. And in spite of that, she still went early. She went early to the tomb, not knowing how the stone would be rolled away. And then once she arrived, she was told that he is not here. And what I really love about the story as it goes on 
is we see that she has an encounter with a gardener. And the gardener, as it turns out, is really Jesus. And she's having a conversation, and she's so determined, and she's like, tell me where he is, because she's willing to go get a dead body, a body that can do nothing for her because of what he's already done for her, right? And as they're having this conversation, something amazing happens. Jesus says her name. And when he says her name, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. And when he, when she, when he says her name, she immediately says, Rabbi, teacher. And that's what we all have to get to today, folks. We all have to get to a point that when Jesus says our names, regardless if it looks like the Jesus we think Jesus is supposed to look like, we know that it's him calling us. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know about y'all, I don't have an audible Jesus voice. You know, I don't hear a voice in my ears, but I think the more that we listen to his voice, the more time that we spend, you know, in prayer or in our Bibles or worshiping or whatever it is, we just learn then to discern, right? Like, is this, is this God calling us? Is this someone else calling us? Because I will tell you, the enemy likes to come in my ear and kind of like throw his voice, you know, pretend like he's God. And then that's where we have to really just listen and, and just practice and, so that we can discern, is he really calling our names or is this, you know, someone else? And I, I love that because the challenge for her next is after she's clear and she's told, Mary, this is the thing I want you to go to do. I want you to go tell the disciple. I want you to go tell the people with the title that I'm alive. And she gets there and she talks to the people who have the title and they're not able to hear her because they haven't seen him for themselves. But the thing that's so cool is Mary has seen him for herself. And the story is told in 1 Peter that she goes on to not just be a representative of Jesus for the disciples, but she goes on to be one of the greatest evangelists that was ever known in the Bible. And she goes to one of the hardest places to do that, and it's Rome. And because Mary went to Rome, we're in this room. That's what's so amazing. A woman who had demons, a woman who was talked about, dared to be faithful to the calling of God in her life, not because of who other people said she was, but who God and Jesus said she was. Yeah. I love that. Even just for, you know, you and I sitting here, in the positions, the titles that we have, positions that we have, to just to go, huh, these women in the Bible that often I think get overlooked or like you said, culturally, they were not given not only the title, but I mean even the respect, the value, anything, but because of these women, it just kind of blows my mind, especially on the days where I feel like maybe I'm still stuck in that or people are still trying to put us as women in ministry in that same place where, you know, women were back then, back in the olden days, um, but that it's not true. And that because of what they did without the title, without the calling, without anything, because they were so confident and they just lived out what God called them to and they lived out their lives, we get to do the exact same thing right now. Like, it. that's amazing, right? I love it, I love it. I think one of the most remarkable things that we can do as women or as people, regardless of gender, because when I say Mary, I also mean Mark, um, for those of you who are male, 
is we can be seen by Jesus and we can see other Jesus and other people and tell them, go ahead and say, step into your purpose. Don't wait for a title. Yeah. Yeah. And don't wait for a title. That's right. So Jesus called her and said, follow him. Jesus called him, said, follow him. And another part um, that I think that we need to understand when we talk about Mary is Mary is a part of a reestablishment of the kingdom of God, okay. right? Because so much of scripture, we think in terms of maleness and femaleness, mm-hmm. but we're reminded through Mary that all of us, all of us, regardless of our gender, have a role to play. Yeah. And I don't think Mary is really about Mary. I don't think it's really about you or it's really about me. Yeah. I think ultimately, it's about getting in position, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is not really a title. Our, li- <laughs> right. Our lives are all bigger than, Mary's is bigger than her, yours is bigger than you, mine's bigger than me, which is, you know, why we're here. Um, so let's, I mean, let's di- just jump into like practically, what does that look like for us today who don't live, we didn't get to lay eyes on Jesus in the garden. You know, we yeah. get to see him today in a different way. Um, but what does that look like? What does, I think you called it living boldly. Yeah, I think living boldly is not about uh, worldly boldness. Um, it's about doing it in Christ. It's about standing up in who Christ has called us to be. And there may be those of you who may not even be clear uh, specifically about what it is that God would have you to do. But the more that you serve, the more that you present yourself, the more that you worship him, the more that you listen for him, the more that he speaks to you, the more you get clear about the purpose and plan that he has for your life. And the thing that's interesting is even this morning as we were in worship, it's so easy to wait on the worship leader to bring us in the presence of God, right? It's so easy to wait on Naeem to pray. You know, I was sitting in front of somebody who clearly was an intercessor and they were praying. But all of us, all of us have been gifted in some way spiritually, and we just need to step into that. And that can be in the one next thing that you're supposed to do. I think a lot of times we're looking for the big thing, right? We're looking for the big audience, those people who may be speakers. We want a big platform. I don't want a big platform. I just want to be able to go to Define Coffee to see someone and say to them, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Um, I share with you, I had something that happened to me on last week where I walked into the coffee shop and there was a young lady and she was there. And clearly she had an anointing, prophetic anointing. And she was just overwhelmed by it. And she had never been seen. And in having our conversation, she was seen and she immediately started to cry. And I just walked away thinking, okay, we're done. The work is done here. (laughs) And she came back later and she said, I need to know you. I said, no, you don't need to know me. You need to know that you already know Christ. And just walk in that. And you go tell another. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we all have this. And that's boldness. That is boldness. Boldness yeah. is not needing to be recognized when God uses you because you're not even there. It's God in you in that moment. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's so good. And, and, and bold can be, like you said, these little moments, these little things, and needing to be seen we all have this longing, this desire to be seen, 
even if it's not on a big platform, but just to be seen and acknowledged and recognized at all. And I think in that moment, you were able to see her, but also see Jesus in her. And God through you got to see her. It was just like this whole like, you know, awareness of everybody like all happening at once. I think it's so funny. I have a, I have a thing with people's names. So I love that you were talking about you know, he called her by her name. It's really important to me that when I meet people, I, I know their names and sometimes I'm really good at it and sometimes I'm really not. So I'm sorry on <laughs> the days that it doesn't come to mind. But I think what it is, is it's a way to see someone and say, I mean, we could say, hey friend, hey boo, so glad you're here, glad to see you. But if I know your name yeah. and I can call you by name, yeah. it's, it's personal. Yes. It makes you feel seen. It makes you feel known, right. you know, and that's something that we all have yeah. a desire for. And so it's able to just, I think how another way we can be bold and be Jesus to other people mm. is just to see them and not just the people who look like us and not just the people who, Amen. you know, are in our churches and in our homes and in our schools and in our offices, but for us to see the baristas, for us to see the other driver in traffic. I mean, for us to see literally every person who interacts and just to be able to have our eyes open to like, okay, God, like you said in the coffee shop, who am I supposed to see for you today? Who feels unseen today? And I can, I can be the one that lets you see them and acknowledge them. Amen. 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 What other, do you have other, I know we have a surprise that we want to get to in a second, Yeah. but do you have anything else that you want to kind of leave with people, practical things that they can do um, to live boldly? Yeah, I think one of the things that is probably the greatest challenge for us is to get over ourselves. Ooh. And, um, oh, I only speak truth. You shouldn't have had me come. I don't behave. Why are you talking to me right now in front of all these people? Um, we really have to get over ourselves, right? Because in getting over ourselves, we get to Jesus. Mm. A lot of times we think it's other people who are keeping us from operating in our gifts, but it's really us, if we were honest. And so what I want to challenge you is to look in the mirror and have a deep conversation for, with yourself. Because do you really believe that when Jesus said it is finished, that it was finished? Mm -hmm. And if you really believe when Jesus said that it was finished, that it was finished, then that means he's your savior, right? And if he's your savior and he's God, then there's nothing that you can do it, have done or will do that will mess it up, right? So he's your savior and you can't mess it up, so why don't you get on to doing it? <laughs> Just get on to doing it, friends. I mean, yeah, in all the little moments. Oh, man, get over yourself is a hard, uh, I'm gonna not write that in my notes. I'm gonna tuck it away up here. That's a hard truth for some of us to face, I think. So we do have something this morning that we came up with. Would you like to explain, Tyra? Yeah, you know, you guys have the most amazing pastoral team here. Yeah. And you have the most amazing lead pastor here, Naeem. Let's give it up, Pastor Naeem. <laughs> and what I really yourself. love about Naeem is we were sitting and we were in worship planning and he said, you know what would be really special if we did this thing? And what I loved about it was, it wasn't about mosaic, it wasn't about me, it wasn't about the church's branding colors, 
but it was that he saw that I connected with my purpose, and part of me connecting with my purpose is wearing yellow. I was one of those people who was always afraid to wear yellow, right? I thought yellow stood out too much. So I was a person for most of my life that you would see in brown, you would see in gray, and you would see in black, because I didn't want that attention. But when my husband passed away, God impressed upon me, don't wear black, wear yellow. Because there's something that I want to do in you and through you. And so today, we're going to give you a collection of opportunities to pick your color, right? Like they say, pick your color. And we have some nail polishes that we have for all the women who are in the audience. And I don't want you to think of it in a superficial way in terms of it being a nail polish. But what I really want you to think about it is the fact that here's an opportunity to have something before you as you're touching people and as you're seeing people that you're saying, I've been marked for a purpose. And if you're not someone that wears nail polish, but you're somebody that goes to a coffee shop or you're someone that goes into an office, give that nail polish to some other woman and says, God sees you. Walk in your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So good. We, we have all kinds of, they're not all yellow, but they are all very bright. Uh, pick your color. Pick your color. Pick your color. It's, we definitely want you to be bold. And yeah, the hope is really that just, number one, especially if you are a mom, like go, like take your nail polish, go to your closet, like shut the door, hide from your kids for a few minutes. Like just take some minutes, you know, do your nails, have some time to yourself. But then yeah, that just as you look at it, as you go about your day, that you would be reminded that you are marked for a purpose, that you are called to live life boldly. Um, and we have it for all of the women too, not, not just the mothers. We know that it can be a hard day. Sometimes Mother's Day is one of those that's tough. Um, I think it can be tough as a mom because we feel like this is our purpose and a lot of times we feel like we are moms and that's it. We are moms or we are wives. Um, those of us who are not moms, that can become our purpose. We, I think especially as women, we really can get stuck in our identity being all kinds of things. I am only a mom. I am not a mom. I am only a wife. I am not a wife. I am only a daughter. I am only a sister. I am only a whatever. Um, and we really just want to just gift you with this reminder that your identity comes from him. Amen. Um, and we just want you to have a little bit of joy, a little bit of joy today. So thank you so much you. for being here. Wasn't Tosh so great? If y'all, I want to pray for us to end, if you guys will stand um, with me, and we will pray. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for, um, for Mother's Day. God, I thank you for everybody here. Lord, for the women and for the men, for the Marys and the Marks. God, I pray that right now you would stir something inside of everyone listening and watching. God, and they would be reminded of what their identity is. God, of who they are because you have called their name. You have called them into a life. God, that's not lived for them. That's not even necessarily lived for other people. God, it is, but really it's just lived for you. And so I pray right now, God, that you would reveal and awaken. God, I pray that you would awaken that thing inside of all of us. God, that we've been pushing down because of other responsibilities, because of time, because we don't have the answers or we don't know how it's going to work or we're not sure if it's your voice at all. God, I just awaken that. Lord, I ask you just to call that out in all of us right now. 
God, that you would give us peace, that you would give us confidence, and Lord, that we would know when it's your voice. God, that you would silence the voice of the enemy, the voices of doubt or fear or insecurity or anything else. God, that would block us out from hearing you call our names. We thank you that you are always right there. (laughs) Even if we can't see you like Mary in the garden, God, even if we think that you're someone else, you're always right there just waiting, and we thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.